0: Hey kids, welcome back to Sex and Other Human Activities. This is our big 20th episode. What? Two zero. Oh my god! I am Sarah Benincasa. That is Marcus Parks. Oh,
1: it always is.
0: It always is. It always is. And it's so exciting. Yay! We are at twitter.com slash Benincasa, and we're also at twitter.com slash Parks. Our last episode was kind of sad town, and uh, <laughs> we just recorded it 10 minutes ago, so I'm not going to pretend that I'm, like, doing a hell of a lot better, uh, because, uh, but I am, actually. It was, it was fun. To do that episode, if you'd like to hear two people talk about sex, boners, and uh, how drugs can affect them, and then about mental illness and and hear some crying, um, I recommend listening to the last episode. I, you, know, I you cried, le-
1: you cried less than I expected you to.
0: I cried less than I expected myself to. <laughs> I might cry again on this one. When we're talking about <laughs> these kids, these kids' issues. Um, yeah, yeah. So if you're if you're going through depression or bipolar disorder, anxiety or mental illness, addiction, whatever it is, you might want to give our last episode of listen um, Be if you feel alone and need to feel like there's other people out there, because you will hear from two other people who are out there yes. <laughs> in many ways. But at this time, I want to focus on, we, we both wanted to focus on, Marcus and I wanted to focus on other people. And so, uh, well, we got some questions in and you can email Sarah at sarahbenincasa.com about this. So let's start, I think, you know what, we got one Both of our girls' names start with K.
1: One of them does not want us to use her name, though.
0: Oh, so we're going to call her, um, Catherine. We're going to call her Catherine. Okay. Okay. Um... Hey, love the show. I'm a 16-year-old female from Michigan. This We're going to call her Catherine. We're going to make up fake names for everybody. This girl's name is Catherine. Yes. It's her fake name. <laughs> hey, love the show. I'm a 16-year-old female from Michigan. I have suffered from depression for two years and was in a mental institution. Oh, that's hard. Being in inpatient care in a facility is really can be really, really tough for teenagers, unless it's like an amazing facility. But even if it's amazing, being out of your normal behavior zone, like where you normally live your life, can be really tough. So I'm sorry that you had to deal with that, Catherine. Ever since, my parents have been super overprotective. Well, yeah, I'm 30, and my parents are still, too. Here's the problem. I met this guy, and I'm falling head over heels for him. He's a super sweet guy and has never done a thing in the world to hurt me. How long have you known him? That's my first question. (laughs) He's never done anything to hurt you. How long have you known this guy? I'm betting it's been under six months. Give it some time. I'm not saying he's a bad guy. I'm just saying humans tend to hurt each other at one point or another.
1: Especially whenever you're a teenager.
0: My parents hate him because I am a white female, and he is a Mexican-black mix. All right, so you got a mestizo brother up in there. Um, And I trust that your parents are racist. He used to be involved with drugs, but he's been sober for over a year. All right. Well, I like that he's been sober for over a year. Um, Generally, in recovery, they say that you shouldn't try and date unless you're already in a relationship. You shouldn't get romantically involved with someone for the first year. Mm -hmm. So I am guessing that you got to know him when he was around hitting the year mark. Um, So all right. He's amazing and I just want my parents to be happy for our relationship and stop trying to control everyone I date. He is the first guy that has ever made me feel somewhat good about myself and want to become a better person. Behind my parents back, I smoke and drink. Okay, I'm assuming you're on meds for depression. You shouldn't be drinking. Do as we say, not as we do. <laughs> Catherine, do as we say, not as we do.
1: Well, I'm, I'm 28. I know I know how to...
0: Yeah, all right. Uh, but, but, you know, it's a uh, liver damage, is liver damage, is liver damage. But you know what? I I it's will have fine. a glass of wine with my brother at dinner sometimes. P.S. Me and my brother, both living at home. It's a party. <laughs> it's pretty... He's in the basement. I'm upstairs in the guest bedroom. It's pretty hilarious.
1: Of course the guy's in the basement. The guy is always in the basement. No, but he's
0: at least... He's going to school, you know, so I feel like that... That's I'm like, oh, well, you have an excuse. I'm just depressed. Anyway, um, <laughs> he is amazing. And I just want my parents to be happy for our relationship. So trying to control over a date. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Sorry. Got that. Got that. Got that. He's amazing. Right. OK. I don't know why he's amazing, but I'm sure he is. He has never pressured me to do anything that I'm not comfortable with. OK, that's good. And he's helped me so much in life. Oh. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I missed this part. Behind my parents' back, I smoke and drink, but he has convinced me that these things are only destroying me. Destroying is dramatic, but I do, I applaud th- this guy's um, recommendation to you, Catherine, that you not smoke and drink, particularly because you're probably on meds. Mm-hmm. What should I do about my parents? Keep it quiet or forget them and keep with my parents or is there an in-between? Please help would be much appreciated. Can't wait for your book. Ah, oh, Catherine, I just <laughs> handed in the edited version today and it's coming out February 14th. If the date changes, I'll let you know. No, but it's February fourteenth on your on your Amazon and in your Barnes and Noble and stuff like that. Oh, and she is also an aspiring photographer, and I looked at some of her stuff, and it's really good. So keep okay. Number thing number one: keep doing photography. Yes, do not stop. And if you get bored of photography at some point, you need to pick up some other form of artistic expression because depressed people, people who tend toward depression anyway, um, also tend to be really creative and amazing. And I don't say that just because Marcus and I are that way. But (laughs) a lot of, I mean, Lincoln suffered from depression. President Lincoln, they called it melancholia. And he would have these dark despairing days. He would write about them sometimes. It was really, really intense. Um, And of course, you know, you've got Vincent Van Gogh and you've got All kinds of of different people who've suffered from different forms of mental illness and who've produced great art or have been great leaders. Daniel Johnston. Daniel Johnston, who produced your t shirt. Yes. (laughs) Um, So it is important to have an outlet for artistic expression. People say exercise is good for you too. People are like, why don't you exercise 30 minutes a day? And I'm like, because I feel awful. But that's also good too. But anyway, Catherine, you didn't write to us about your depression. Uh, It seems like that is under control. You wrote to us about your dude. So. This is the thing about racist white parents. Sometimes they seriously are just racist. Yeah. Other times it's a mix of racism and something else. Sometimes for us as daughters, it's easy if we date somebody who's someone of color. And I've never had the experience of, I think, dating someone of color long enough that my parents would be put in the picture Um would be brought in the picture because I'm racist. That's why. Of course. Because I'm incredibly racist and I just, I like to hit it and quit it <laughs> with Asian cock. No, but, um, it, I, I'm not speaking from personal experience. I'm speaking from what I've noticed with with friends. Sometimes my, my girlfriends will be like, oh, my parents, I know they don't like him because he's black. I know they don't like him because he's Puerto Rican. I know they don't like him because he's XYZ and this is what they said. And when I actually listen to what the parents say when the girl repeats it to me, I there have been a couple times in my life where I've said, you know, sweetie, your parents are probably racist as shit, but it sounds like they're just disappointed and don't like this guy because he isn't treating you well.
1: Yeah, he's a scumbag.
0: Yeah, like he yeah. wouldn't. You know, he didn't make an effort to um, to he didn't make an effort to meet your dying grandparents. You yeah. know, he didn't when he fully had the chance to, or he refused to help clear the dinner table at. A big family gathering or he wouldn't shake hands with your father or make yeah. eye contact. Like, or, or you're paying all of his bills. <laughs> That's another one. He's living off of you. So sometimes I, I would listen to take a moment, write down in your journal, if you can, different things, direct quotes, if you can, without coloring it with your own opinion that your parents have said about him. And think about different looks that they've given and ask yourself, is it really all racist they i'm sure they've been like i fucking big n-word blah 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 blah. like yeah that's racist but have they ever said something like he got you home at two in the morning that's not okay mm-hmm. or have they ever said well he's got three kids and he's 25 because i noticed you didn't say how old this fucking dude is and i have a feeling he's older
1: yeah i got a real good feeling a real about
0: that. strong feeling he's yeah. got a baby and <laughs> and or is older so Try and look at what, if if there is anything rational, rather than making it into this very romantic Romeo and Juliet thing where you both end up like Kaputskis, we know how that goes, didn't end up so well for Romeo and Juliet, rather than making it this thing you and him against them, consider what may be their actual issues with this individual. If the issues are all bullshit, then... You know, you have some decisions to make. I mean, as long as you're living with your parents, you do need to abide by their rules so long as their rules do not hurt you or someone else. I mean, if you live with the Manson cult and your parents are crazy and they're like, go kill people, you shouldn't do that. Nah. But I would say, um, I would say try and work out a compromise. My recommendation would be to come up with Sit your parents down and ask them, how is it that I can see Miguel, which I assume is his name, how, in what way could I make it more comfortable for you guys for me to spend time with Miguel? Would you like him to come to dinner? Would you like him to come and have a talk with you? Would you like to meet his parents? Would you, you know, frame it that way. I'm not going to tell you not to like have fun and be in love and stuff, but I think it might make your life easier if you sit down and are just very kind of rational with them, and don't say, "I hate you, mom. I hate you, dad." Even if they tell you you shouldn't see them anymore, and
1: you're sixteen, and you're sixteen, that is going to be a very strong urge. In fact, that is your instinct. Yeah, like that's fuck you, mom and
0: dad. Fuck you. Yeah, fuck you. You don't understand me. I'm a photographer. I'm sensitive. I tried to punch my dad (laughs) when I was eighteen. Um, And now he is one of, he is, you know, my, in many ways, my, I don't know, my inspiration or my rock or my mentor in, in certain ways. He, you know, now I'm 30 and he... Has given me some amazing advice and been so open and welcoming to to my me needing help at this point in my life, Catherine. Point is, your dad might be a dick. I don't know. My dad was kind of a dick when I was a teenager.
1: My dad, might, yeah. Well, uh, I'll I'll talk about that another right.
0: time. Right, but like <laughs> dads grow up and so do moms. They're human too. And it's, I mean, I was born when my parents were in their early twenties, and. They uh, and especially for those of you who have like m- moms who are much younger, like teens, you know that they grow up. You know that they grow and change. They aren't just your parents from front to top, or from front to back, like all the whole time for your whole life. They're they they were people too, and they still are humans. So what I'm saying is, Catherine, it's hard for you to see them as real people, but they are real people with their own problems and issues, and resist the urge to see them as entirely. The bad guys. Yeah. Because even you yourself admit that they're super protective because they were so concerned about you because you were so unhappy and suffer from a real mental illness. I have it, too. It's tough. Parents get worried when they see us almost kill ourselves.
1: They absolutely do. And that, and you're so right about parents, like, not just being regular people, you know. It's like we all think whenever we're kids that parents are, like, they're these magical beings that don't have any problems of their own or any mm-hmm. kind of real mental problems like you're i'm sure your parents went through some of the same shit that you're going through right now the same kind of depression i'm sure they struggle with that stuff uh and of course we're all we're assuming on this whole conversation we're assuming that it's possible that all this stuff is in your head that your parents aren't actually racist that they're just tr- in uh, looking out for your best interests
0: like, yeah, I mean, we're, we're not we're not saying in your head like like crazy. No, because no. we we both deal with with mental illness as well. So it's not that. It's that in your head is teenagers. In everybody. T- yeah. yeah, teenagers are not, uh, you know what? Human beings, not often reliable narrators. This is something I don't know I don't know if you've gotten to this in school yet, Catherine, but um, at some point, probably if you're in English class or in literature class in college, they, you will talk about the concept of the reliable narrator, specifically with somebody like Holden Caulfield and Ketcher. Yeah. So Holden Caulfield is mentally ill. And so can we trust everything that he's saying to be true? He's something of an unreliable narrator. He admits to us that he's lied to other people. So why? Why wouldn't he be lying to us? That kind of thing. So we're not saying you're a liar. What we're saying is that human beings, we filter things. We filter objective reality. We filter it through our own lens. And yeah. so you may have decided that they're racist. They may not actually be racist. Probably they are. <laughs> like I've been around a lot. I spend most of my life around white people. Most of my time is spent with white people. Some white people are racist.
1: Some of them are. <laughs>
0: it happens. Um, yeah, I and as for what to do if they just, I mean, what should she do if they're just like, no, you, you may not see that boy.
1: My God. Well, I mean,
0: I love him. don't run away don't run do, <laughs> like, seriously do don't. not run away teenage runaways to get get into drugs and become street whores yeah, it yeah. is bad it is yeah, not it cool it
1: never ever 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 works out face like, on I've the milk
0: carton not cool yeah
1: I've never met a, a single successful person that was like yeah I ran away whenever I was 16 and never looked back
0: you're like, nope, it's they, like no you didn't
1: no you, you didn't those people are on the street yeah you know that's, that's I mean that, that's the thing if your parents say you can't do it I mean I don't know what the fuck you're going to do. You're 16. You're kind of at their mercy right now. What you do is you wait until you're 18. And by the way, you're not going to marry this guy. No. You're no, not going to marry you're him. Not. You're not going to be with this guy for the rest of your life. Don't try to fucking convince you so yourself that you are. Yeah. You're 16, dude. I mean, I was absolutely, I mean, I would fall head over heels for girls whenever I was like 16, 17, 18, 19, 28, 28, uh, whatever, like you you do it. But as you get older, you get more and more realistic as to what that means. Yeah. And right now you don't know what that means. Like the fact that you're head over heels for this guy, you just you don't know what that means in the grander scheme of things because you're only 16 Uh, and there's no reason whatsoever to destroy your life over some dude Mm -hmm. who, if he's older, then uh, uh, it might I don't be know. Sketchy. Like my it sketchy. might be really, might be really sketchy, uh, and you know, and it also seems like I mean, you obviously haven't known this guy for more than you know, like you say, probably like six months or so. Yeah, I like bet that. it's not even that long. If, if, I bet it's if like even three. yeah, if even that long, uh, and you say he's never done anything to hurt you, as Sarah said earlier. Give it time. Give it time. I'm not he saying will. he's gonna
0: fuck you over. I'm saying no. that human beings, you'll hurt him too. Human beings hurt each other. Whether we mean to or not. One thing that I want to say that's important, and I hear this from the young ladies, and it bothers me, sometimes they give the indication when they talk about someone, and listen, you're talking to a capital offender, okay, in this department, myself personally, as an adult. But I hear from these girls, and it seems like they idolize the man that they're with. Yeah. Or the boy that they're with. And so they're like, he won't let me do this, and it's so good. He tells me not to do this, and that's so good. Is it really? Uh, he shouldn't be dictating your choices. You should make your own choices. If he's a positive influence, that's great. But if this guy's older, and I, again, I assume that I fucking but he he's older. He's older. Hundred percent. He's, abso- the he's dude's absolutely
1: older. older. Yeah.
0: Make sure that you are not looking to him to provide some of the leadership. That your parents have previously. Uh, Trust me, it's a bad pattern to get into. It's something that I still deal with as a grown-up. So you may as well, at your age, start making decisions for yourself about the kind of behaviors you engage in and not letting a guy dictate what those are.
1: Yeah, and... You know, you're just going to have to, if your parents are racist, then for the next two years, you're going to have to deal with racist parents. Yeah. A lot of people have them. A lot of people have them. And a lot of people deal with them and you know I, I don't know we all have everyone has to, I mean my parents aren't racist uh, but we all have friends that you know you're like yeah like well, my parents are extremely racist mm-hmm. like everyone uh, there, there are tons of racist people around but you know what those friends they're not racist
0: yeah like, you don't have to end up like that yeah
1: you don't have to end up like that you just have to you're just gonna have to put up with some bullshit for the next couple years
0: Marcus is Italian or excuse Marcus is from Texas and I am New Jersey Italian so you can bet your ass we have some racist Relatives. Yeah. But we're awesome.
1: Oh, racist, homophobic.
0: Yay. Oh
1: man, anything you could anything you can imagine.
0: Guidos are the rednecks of New Jersey. It's oh, so yeah. beautiful. And
1: rednecks are the Guidos of Texas.
0: Hooray. <laughs> so, Catherine, good luck to you. Keep us posted. And for everybody else who has questions, we're at Sarah at SarahBenancosta.com. You're listening to Sex and Other Human Activities. Marcus, do uh do we have time for one more? We do. Okay, good. Now, this one, we're going to call this woman something. What are we going to call her? We're going to call her... um, Katrina. Katrina. Like a hurricane! (laughs) She blew into town and blew my mind. Blew the roof off my house. That's so... (laughs) upset. Why would I even joke? That's (gasps) horrible. Bad person. Okay. (laughs) Hey, Sarah and Marcus love the show. You're both so hilarious and sexy. Katrina, you're right. My lady boner can't even decide which one of you to face and salute first. Life's tough, I guess. You know a lot of people face that issue. Anyway, my question. I'm a queer. For simplicity of discussion, let's say I'm a queer lady. That's not an entirely accurate description, as I have some ambivalence about my gender. I lean much more androgynous, masculine, than female, which is sort of relevant to my question, but I'll get to that in a sec. I've never slept with a guy in my life. Good for you. And until recently, I had no desire to. But lately, I've been thinking twice about that. At first, I thought it was just a general appreciation of male. Beauty, but I'm pretty sure it's something more. I have no issues with this. I'm totally open to and excited about my expanding sexuality, but I'm not sure what to do next. I have literally no idea how to talk to guys or initiate any kind of sexual stuff with them. So far, I've lived a life of pussy and nothing but pussy. I'm excited and willing to learn all about dicks, but getting hands on experience is proving difficult. The issue is especially tricky because I look super queer. Dyke hair, I mostly only wear men's clothing, etc. I'm not a super butchy or unattractive or anything. In fact, I'm pretty confident about my looks, but I have a feeling that most straight dudes are probably not interested in my particular brand of hot androgyny. Am I wrong about this? No, I think you're right, but I do think there are a few guys who are going to get into it, and we'll get into that in a second. Are there guys out there who are into that, where do I find them and what do I say? My other option as I see it is to look into bisexual or flexibly gay guys. I think that could work to my advantage. I've had a few bad experiences in clubs with gay boys who basically were disappointed that she wasn't a guy so she wants to Katrina wants to get some dick She's also interested in knowing if if you're still looking for an intern. <laughs>
1: <laughs> possibly, possibly. She sounds I, great. I did I, I did hire somebody, but oh, you know good. what? Uh, I'm actually looking to uh, expand the team nice. all the time. Uh, so if you work for free, we'll talk.
0: Yeah, Katrina, just email your resume to um, Sarah at sarahbenincasa Oh
1: hell, she can email it straight oh, to me. Oh, okay, Marcus Marcus Parks at gmail.com. Oh, yeah, yeah. So- Write me a resume. See what you want to do for Cave Comedy Radio.
0: So, oh, she's so funny. And then she's like, she's like, is it bad form to write three paragraphs about your hunt for dick as a prelude to inquiring about an internship? I hope not. She wrote, so what do you think? Should I just give up and stick with what I know, or do I keep trying to navigate the sea of cock? I need help. keep trying to sail the sea of cock. I need help navigating. All right. Katrina, A, you're fucking great and hilarious, and I think you're fabulous.
1: And also, that's the best cover letter I've ever read.
0: Okay. All right. Katrina. There are dudes who will be totally into it. When I said earlier that you were right, that most guys weren't into, w- what I meant was, so if you look like a, a, a B-O-Y, B.O.Y. or if you look like a a, a butch, a cute butch dyke, um, some guys are turned on by you, but they don't think that you're into them. And the, the smart, kind ones, which is probably, you know, a lot of them, I hope, uh, are are not going to make advances toward you because they would never dream of a... Well, they'll dream of it. They'll jerk off thinking about it. But they would not want to offend you. So if any, any man, any straight man who has respect for gay women would not try to hit on... A girl who's like super dykey looking.
1: Are you fucking kidding me? Of course not.
0: That would, he would, because he would think, I will not insult her in this way.
1: Of course not. That's like not that, and that's, that's like the, the dumbest. It's like presumptuous. It's arrogant. Uh, it's just plain stupid. You'd never, like, no guy, no guy's going to approach you. Like, yeah, that, that's it, and that's the thing. Every once in a while, like you look over at like a a, a butch lesbian girl, and like, and I'll think like, huh, that could, that could probably be kind of interesting. Uh, or
0: like that girl's beautiful. Yeah, but, like she looks kind of. Le- she's yeah, but that girl's
1: obviously a lesbian. She's it's dude-ly. almost like if you're a straight. Yeah. If you're a straight dude, and you look over and you see like a a, a, a as you describe mm-hmm. as a straight dude, you look over and you see that, and you might think about fucking her for. A millisecond, and then your like actual intelligent brain uh, says like, no, she's a lesbian, dude. Where you fucking what?
0: There's no chance. Like,
1: there's no, there's no chance. It's like, and so, but that doesn't mean that I stop looking at the you know as a person. It's yeah. like, well, I don't need to talk to that person. At all it's just like, well, not gonna fuck her. I yeah, could, like, she
0: doesn't want to fuck you, so it's not even going to enter into, you know, I mean, and we're not talking about, like, lipstick lesbians who guys are like, maybe we'll just get to have a threesome, but, but if you're no, somebody happens. who looks boyish um, on purpose, you've cultivated an, a look and an identity that's gender queer, so you look kind of androgynous, um, more towards the boy end of things. Yeah, so here's what I think is your best bet. Um... I think in this case, alcohol, probably friends for everyone, <laughs> friend of everyone. I th- Absolutely. I think that going through ga- guys, guys who you already know who are your friends might be one route to take. Mm-hmm. Um, another route to take is to flirt with straight dudes. Just kind of mix, like confuse them, <laughs> confuse them by flirting with them. Yeah. And the way and and the way you flirt with them may be interesting because you may have have aped imitated taken on the char- typically male flirt characteristics. Mm-hmm. You may speak with a lower voice. You may walk with a different kind of swagger. You may you know you're genderqueer, so you you have probably spent some time studying and absorbing the kind of habits of, of the male sex and gender. Yeah, consciously or unconsciously. So. um I, I'm not saying you have to suddenly be like, oh, my God, you're so cute. Do you want to go to a cheerleading practice with me and then finger bang me after? But you should consider being, you know, kind of flirting, making some eye contact. And, and if you're used to being taking sort of the dominant lead role as the kind of more male identified person, consider being more submissive and being a little bit more coquettish. Mm-hmm. Batting the eyelashes a little bit more, perhaps.
1: Hmm. Very interesting.
0: Also, if you bind your tits, stop. Stop it. Stop. Stop right now. Unless you're like, forget it, I just love binding my tits so much. But if you're if you I'm not saying stop across the board to people who are like transitioning, for example, or who are living their life as the other gender. What I'm saying is like if you are a woman and you want to attract straight men, a great way to do that is to show off, you know, the curve of your boobs, your mm-hmm. your waist, your hips—the things that make you distinctively female. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Marcus is like, ah. Well, I'm just thinking. I'm just kind
1: of happy thinking about this stuff. It is. Hey. No, excuse me.
0: I'm just. Whew, it's hot in here. Um, <laughs> yeah. Th- consider that. Consider playing that up you don't have to put on makeup you don't have to grow your hair long or something but consider playing up the parts of you that are uniquely biologically female and just seeing what happens there.
1: Yeah, and I'd say the whole gay guy thing. Yeah, waste of your fucking time. Ugh,
0: fags are so slippery anyway. <laughs> oh, it's just a slippery slope of faggotry, and you'll just tumble yeah. head over heels all the way down and break your neck at the bottom. I mean, you gays. Got... <laughs> who trusts them? Well, Suddenly, got... I'm so homophobic only against male homosexuals. Fuck <laughs> that!
1: <laughs> what? Well, I mean, that's well. The thing is that if you really want the true dick experience, the true. The cock experience, yeah, as, or the dick experience, as mm-hmm. as we call it, uh, you're gonna want a dude who wants to fuck a vagina and who isn't fucking pretending that it's something else.
0: Yeah, you don't want him to pretend your pussy is your asshole because yeah. they feel very different.
1: Extremely different. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're two extremely. I mean, it's it's one's a slit, the other's a, a hole. Yeah, one's diagonal, one's round. You know, it's,
0: one is is designed as an out hole by Jesus Christ. <laughs> the other is designed as an in and out hole by Jesus Christ.
1: <laughs> yes,
0: and of course that is the asshole.
1: Yes, that it is. Um, yeah. they're two they're two very different sensations. And one of two want...
0: different sets of muscles that you have to train basically to accept something into it. The, the, the buttholes two mm-hmm. different sets of clenching. Muscles. Oh God, I'm so, I hate butt sex. Sorry. Anyway, anyway, Marcus, continue. I'm
1: not the biggest fan of it myself. Oh. Uh, but uh, this, but I, I will, and I will also say, is it like. If you're gonna go for the straight dude, and once again, like I'd say that I have talked to uh, like super cute butch girls because uh, me and the lesbians get along fantastically. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know what it is, but yeah, we just we get along great. Maybe it's a mutual love for pussy. Maybe we are just be copacetic. Remember
0: when we had a girlfriend who worked next door at Sweet Leaf? Oh man! And I never see her anymore. Do you think she got fired or she quit?
1: No, I saw her yesterday. She was there. Yeah, she was there.
0: Is she still our friend.
1: Uh, she's still a little bit my friend. Ugh. I stopped drinking I stopped drinking as much coffee so I don't see her off.
0: I was trying to think she had a short hair. Even though haircut. I just
1: got a job at a fucking coffee shop.
0: You did. Yay! Yay!
1: Come on out to the Blue Stove.
0: She has really short hair and so I being stereotypical was like maybe she's a lesbian also cuz I thought she was sexy and Marcus was like no she's into me and I was like fuck you. We had a fight. We had our first fight about that.
1: But that's the thing. That's exactly the point that I was getting to. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you flirt with a girl who who looks a little, like, just a little bit butch. And you're like, is she just being friendly? Like, are we just being, like, friends here? Uh, And I'm misinterpreting something. Uh, That's, I think, why alcohol will be your friend. Mm -hmm. And also why you are going to have to make the first move.
0: Yeah, you're you gonna. You cannot. Have to. You
1: cannot wait for a guy to make the first move. That's just. It's just not. A guy's just not gonna do it. If you're as you know as Butch as you sh- say you are, you're not. No guy is gonna make the first move on you. And if a guy does make the first move on you, he's probably
0: a dick. Yeah, because like, he doesn't respect what you're putting out there. What you yeah. what you are visually putting out there, culturally, you're putting out all the signifiers that say "Dick, don't try to get up in this." Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, I was thinking also. Excuse me. I'm sorry, guys. I have not been sleeping. I haven't been sleeping so great. I'm back on the old Prozac, as I discussed in the last episode. And so um, my sleep-wake patterns are a little off right now. Um, TMI? I don't give a fuck. We ma- I majored in TMI in college.
1: I think that's kind of what this show is all this about. This show is so
0: TMI. I spent 30
1: minutes talking about my dick last episode and how it doesn't work. Come yes. on, man. Oh,
0: <laughs> Margus's dick is such a special place where every girl and boy can go to learn something or other. <laughs>
1: Um, you may ask it three questions (laughs) and three questions only
0: (laughs) before it spits in your eye and says get away see Katrina these are the things you're going to need to consider when you apply for an internship yes yeah you're gonna have to make that first move and you you might want to put the word out to your friends that you are thinking of exploring the dick Mm -hmm. Um, some of them might be weirded out by you in a chasing Amy kind of way where they're like why are you betraying us but just fuck them whatever tell them to shut up if you're as open about your sexuality as you say you are then your friends will get it and they'll be like "All right." also I would recommend um, maybe doing it with like or or, like a weird punk rock dude because like weird punk rock dudes are always kind of like slight gay, um, but also straight, and they're just confused, and you can take advantage of that confusion. (laughs) (laughs) So that would be awesome.
1: Yeah, I'd say go for it, baby.
0: Yeah, and let us know how it goes, Katrina. All right, well, whoo! We've answered our K-Girls questions. We are hanging out uh, here and having a a delightful time here at uh, CreekLIC.com, The Creek in the Cave. And we're at CaveComedyRadio.com. This has been Sex and Other Human Activities. That is Marcus Parks. Uh,
1: That is Sarah Bagan-Casa.
0: And we will talk to you next time, kids. Goodbye. (sighs) Bye-bye.